Hey, welcome back to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. This episode is going to be for you. If you have ever picked up your phone to go live on Instagram or wanted to talk to a client or your team at work or even hold a family meeting and you've been just left wondering, what do I say? How do I say it? How do I get my point across? Uh, Today I have on Eddie Rice, who is a professional freelance speechwriter with more than 10 years of experience helping business leaders, keynote speakers, TED Talk presenters, and everyday people enhance the messages they tell through great storytelling with the good structure behind it. He's got a background in change management, executive communication, education, content marketing, nonprofits, political advocacy, all sorts of things. So he can really tackle almost any subject. And on top of that, he's worked with everybody from CEOs to college presidents and trustees to superintendents, business owners, authors, politicians, different organizational and nonprofit leaders, and literally everyone in between. He loves public speaking and speech writing because he really thinks it's a great equalizer. At the end of the day, we all just want to say the right words, whether it's small groups or huge audiences. So I'm really excited for you to learn today from Eddie Rice. You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, every week I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Eddie, thank you so much for joining the show today. Um, We kind of talked a little bit before the intro, but you are one of the very few male guests I've had on the show thus far. But I think that just goes to show how excited I am and how excited I I am to have you bring value to this audience. So thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Sarah, for having me on. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. So why don't you start by just telling me, telling the audience a little bit more about you? Sure. Where do I start? Um, I'm a speechwriter. It's not my full-time job. It's actually um, a part-time job that I have. I am a full-time uh, internal communications specialist at a, a fairly at a small to mid-sized company, but I have just always used writing in any endeavor that I've done, whether that's been um, as a science teacher writing curriculum, or it's been as a resume writer at one point in my past uh, to a content creator and manager for various companies as well. So I've always been able to fall back on writing as a tool to get my message across or to help other people get their message across. Okay. So you talk a lot about writing. You talk about communication. Now, obviously, we as business owners know why that's important. But why to you is that written and or verbal communication and really storytelling, why is that so important? It goes to your credibility as a leader. 
I think if you have the ability to tell stories, to move an audience, to connect with people, you're going to have an easier time getting your plans across, getting buy-in for what it is that you want to do versus there are some leaders who are not great communicators and they struggle with leadership and they struggle with getting buy-in for ideas. And that's really what it comes down to me is if I can help people become better speakers and better writers then, and just overall better communicators, that's going to impact their leadership tenfold. Right. Because one of the, the pillars that I teach with regard to leadership is knowing your vision, but knowing the vision is only like a minuscule, teeny tiny, itty bitty part of it because you can, like, I can know the vision all day long, right? But if I can't explain and tell people the vision, then like, what good is having it? Because it's never going to come to fruition, right? Oh, exactly. I think of all these like vision setting exercises that businesses and nonprofits do. They usually do it like right at the beginning of the year and then they just shelve the idea and never talk about it ever again. Right. It goes on the website on some like back page that nobody ever looks at. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Versus you've got other places where the founder or the CEO lives out that vision every day. They have a compelling story to tell. And overall, it's a much stronger message and vision that is encapsulated with the product. That to me is a just when I can see the vision and the product and the leader's story all fitting together, then that's just a great combination. So how can how can leaders, because you said living out the vision is one of the things that really great leaders do. How can you do that and intertwine that and have that be part of your story or or vice versa, have your story be part of the vision? I think it's easier to start with your story being part of the vision. I'm a big fan right now of the book Founder Brand by Dave Gerhart. Um, it was just released a few weeks ago. But he talks about that the strongest brands out there are the ones who tell their founders or CEOs stories wrapped up in their product. So a really good example that everyone goes to immediately is Apple. We were all fascinated by Steve Jobs' own personal story and how he communicated that in all of his keynotes. And we heard you know, how he had this just love of design, this love of topography, this love of reaching the end user, not as a product, but as something more than that. And it always just came out. And I would suggest that anyone go watch any of Steve Jobs's keynote presentations. I think they're all on YouTube. And you can get a really good sense for how he told a story and wrapped it up in the product that he was selling. Yeah. And these stories that that Steve Jobs would tell, that these great leaders tell, that you see the the president telling and from the Oval Office, right? They're all scripted. They are. Um, so as a speechwriter and as a storyteller, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of not just scripting what you're saying and not just choosing the right words, but also how you say them. It's like I know as a as a business owner, as a leader on social media, I will take my little sticky pad of notes and I will write down key words before I go live or before I talk or before I record a podcast. I, I know I have key words I want to say, but it's more than the words, right? It's also in the delivery. Very much. One thing that I think uh, a lot of people can benefit from is just pausing when they speak. This is an underrated, uh, just 
public speaking technique that you don't get a lot of, but when you hear someone do it incredibly well, it sets them apart from other speakers. So after a, you know, a, an important point that you've made or a good story that you've told, just go ahead and pause for a few seconds. Let the audience catch their breath. Let them process what it is that you just said to them. And that's going to amplify your message tenfold. And instead, what, what often happens is people love to use filler words, the ums, the ahs, the so's, the likes, and they use those to fill the space. But what I would suggest to people instead of saying those words is pause, give yourself a few seconds to think and reflect about what you're going to say next, and then go from there. And this pause is going to feel long to you, but it's actually going to be really short in the audience's mm -hmm. attention span. So that's just one tip that I would love to give to any leader out there is the power of the pause. Use it more often when you speak and you're going to get a lot more people listening to what you have to say. You talk about the power of the pause and my mind immediately goes to President Obama. Love him or hate him, he was an excellent orator and he used the pause so spectacularly that it was hard not to listen to him when he was speaking. Um, who are some other really just great speech givers, great speakers that if like if I'm looking to increase my ability to public speak, who would you say I should go watch? Oh man, I've got like a long list in my head and I'm completely blanking <laughs> on all of them all at the same time. Uh, but one leader that really comes to my mind is Susan Cain. She wrote The Power of Introverts. Um, it has a really great, just amazing TED Talk on the subject. And you get her entire story of being an introvert in an extroverted world. But the way she presents it is um, it's at a really just easy to listen to pace. Some public speakers, they speak incredibly fast and you miss what they're saying. But she's got this incredible pace to her presentation that I think this shines um, out um, when you watch her TED Talk. So Susan Cain, it's C-A-I-N, um, is just a wonderful, wonderful TED Talk to watch on the power of introversion. And I love her. I love the book um, because as an introvert in an extroverted world trying to have an extrovert business, right, it, it really spoke to me. And I think there's this common misconception that introverts can't be great leaders, can't be great public speakers, can't be excellent orators. Um, what would you say to someone who is introverted, who really wants to put them out there? Like, do you have tips, tricks, aside from the, just imagine the audience naked, old standby, <laughs> which does not work. I find creepy. <laughs> It's very weird. I, I wish I could banish that advice from from all all advice giving. <laughs> so don't do that. But what should we do if we're right? Because public speaking is also one of the greatest fears for most adults. It How is. How can we overcome that? Well, one, I'm an introvert as well, but I do love public speaking. And you have to understand that your style is going to be maybe a little bit different than an extrovert style when it comes to public speaking, but that's okay. And then second, I'm a huge fan of the group Toastmasters. Um, it's a weekly group that meets worldwide, and you can go to meetings and give prepared and impromptu speeches, and you get feedback in front of a small audience. And I love being in front of small audiences when I give my message. 
Um, so that's one tip is obviously Toastmasters. It can help you improve in public speaking, but seek out audiences that you're going to be comfortable in front of. So maybe you don't want to do a huge 400-person keynote. Maybe you want to do the small business seminar instead. Or maybe you like podcasting and want to go on to podcasts as a guest. That's definitely an outlet that you can experiment with. It might be a lot easier and less anxiety than a you know huge keynote. And then other times what I tell people is find the right medium that works for you. So if your strength is in writing, maybe it's creating really great emails or small little videos on Loom that you can use to communicate to people where you don't have a huge audience. And so you just have to calibrate what you're comfortable with and then start experimenting with the different types of public speaking that are out there, whether it's podcasting, video, um, small groups, or if you want to go for it, I, I would never you know, tell you not to. But if you do feel like you want to be on that stage one day, go ahead and give yourself that chance of giving a keynote. But I think it's really about calibrating yourself to figure out what mediums and audiences you are comfortable in front of, starting there and then progressing upwards. I love that. I overcame my fear of public speaking by joining theater and forensics in high school. Yes, yes. Which, you know, forced me into that space. And what I found is that I I really enjoy talking to people so long as it's smaller groups of people or so long as I can single someone out and I can even if it's a crowd of hundreds of people, I can have a conversation with from Sarah to Eddie and I can look at you and I can I can do that now. Um, if I allow the vision to be expanded and allow myself to take everything in, it's still a little nerve wracking at times. But I think even for people who are well-versed in public speaking, even with people who are used to giving big speeches to big crowds, it can still be a little unnerving, can't it? Oh, very much. The fear of public speaking doesn't go away. And I think what you hit on as well with your, uh, forensics and theater, uh, experience is that public speaking is a skill that can be learned. And we mm -hmm. don't often get to see the practice that goes into a really well done speech, just like, you know, watching sports highlights or something like that. We don't get to see the missed shots. We don't get to see the missed catches on anyone. We only see what was, you know, the, the highlight reel. And that's what we're seeing with really great speakers as well. And I think if we understood that with any skill, that there is just an immense amount of practice and feedback that goes into it, then you know we'd have a much different view of public speaking than, than we do now, where we think it's this fixed skill that you either have or you don't, when in fact, it's something that you can improve upon and practice to get better at. I love that. And, and it's so true. It's such an important skill to learn. And again, whether you're going to talk to big groups or you're going to talk to just your your team or you're going to talk to your household, it's important to know how to communicate. Um, now, I kind of want to switch gears from knowing how to communicate to talking about how we can use our communication. Um, so as leaders, obviously, we want to share the vision. We want to foster this this environment of positivity and excitement. So what are some of the the areas that we can kind of fit that in, in our public speaking? Like how can we take advantage of normal everyday work and everyday things that happen to use those speeches to get more than just, you know, a, a team meeting? 
I guess it goes back to a really good book that I'm reading right now. It's called The Message of You by Judy Carter. And in it, she talks about um, mining your your store your yourself in your past in your history for a lot of great stories to tell. And what she does is she has a framework called Mess to Message, and the idea is that you figure out messes in your life, how you resolve them, and what the message was from them, and then you take those stories and you use them in everyday conversation. You use them in business meetings. You use them when talking to a client. So you kind of have this store of stories that you can pull from um, at any moment to make your message resonate. And it's given me a lot of great tips. And I recommend anyone else out there to get this book as well, where if you have this kind of stock store of stories, you can um, just turn them on when you need them. And I think that's going to help in going advancing from like the typical business meeting to a larger stage, you can reuse those stories and fit the message to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. I know I've got my my stockpile of stories I tell all the time and it's always, you know, I was at A, I got to B, but what's important is how you get there. And those are the same stories I use on this podcast, on other podcasts with clients when I talk to my soldiers in the military setting. Um, because those are the kind of stories that are going to build a cohesive team. And when I can, when we're doing a, a promotion or some sort of award, some sort of exciting thing, it's good to be able to tell this story of, you know, this person wasn't always at point B. They started out at point A and here's all the things that got them there. Precisely. That's a really good way to sum it up. And, you know, that path from A to B is never linear. There's always wrong turns and left turns that you take to get to the end point. And I think if we all would share that story more often, it would lend more credibility to us as leaders where it would help us resonate with the people that we're talking to. They could say, oh, I've been in a similar situation and this person's not too different from me. I want to hear more of what this person has to say. Right. Because so often as as leaders, we think we have to be this picture perfect human being that was just always where they are now. But you don't gain credibility by claiming to be an overnight success or just to be all of a sudden the most inspirational person in the world. You get the credibility, you get the the inspiration by telling the story. What's that quote? It's like, it took 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. um, I I always think about that quote and you want to tell what happened during those 10 years. You want to talk about what happened, you know, when you first started your business, maybe it failed. Maybe you had a sale that went wrong and you learned something from it or a customer service interaction that could have been better. All of those things are learning moments for you, but they're also learning moments for the people that are following you. And if you're more upfront about that, um, you're going to get much more credibility when you tell stories rather than just bragging that you're the top salesperson or top customer success person. No one wants to hear that. They instead want to hear, well, how did you get there? What steps did you take? What were the setbacks? How did you overcome them? Almost like the hero's narrative or the hero's journey. You want to tell it in that type of framework. Yeah. People don't just want to know that Steve Jobs was Steve Jobs. They want to know that he actually got fired from Apple before he was the Steve Jobs that we know, and he got fired for being a jerk. Right. (laughs) 
and he fixed it and he came back and then he had all these great ideas and inspirational stories. And that's the Steve Jobs that we know, but we know him because we know all of that background. Precisely. So Eddie, what, I guess, other than don't picture the audience naked, what last tips and tricks do you have for uh, maybe a someone who's an entrepreneur, someone who's just getting started with public speaking, really wants to use their voice to tell their story? Where do we start? I think it starts with the actual writing of your message. If you can't write it down and be clear on what it is that you want to say, um, you're going to have a very tough time communicating that to others. So one technique that I work on with my clients is I say, you know, what is the one main thing that you want your audience to take away from your speech? And we write that into one sentence. Um, and then we use that one sentence of their main message as an editing tool saying, mm -hmm. okay, for the rest of the speech, if something relates to that main message, we're going to include it. But if something doesn't relate to that main message, we're going to exclude it from the speech. So that takes away all of the really bad opening jokes that people want to tell, all the irrelevant <laughs> stories that they want to tell. And instead, it's really about what is your main message, get clear on that message, and then only include material that relates to it. And if you can do that, you're going to be in a much better spot than I would say 95% of the speakers and leaders are out there. Yeah, because then you're going to have a TED Talk instead of a four-hour Abraham Lincoln speech. That's right. Nobody wants the four-hour Abraham Lincoln speech. Great message, but there was so much extra stuff in there. But a TED Talk, I think that's where we're all aiming for. Not necessarily on the TED stage, but to be able to deliver a TED Talk-style message. And I think that's another good tip you just brought up is to watch other great speakers, is to go and watch the favorite TED Talks that you have and make notes. Ask yourself, what is it about the talk that made it so impactful? What was the speaker's main message? How did they deliver it? What stories did they tell? And if you can sit there and break down a talk, it's going to make your own speeches a lot better. Um, because if you become a student of the craft, you're going to find yourself um, improving because you're going to start taking notice of what people are doing well or doing poorly in their talks. And that's just one thing that I've done in my own craft to like write speeches. I will go out there and analyze other speeches that people have given and say to myself, what did I like about it? Why was this so effective? Why did this work? Or why didn't it work? And if you can start asking those questions as you watch other examples, you're going to be just miles ahead of anyone else. I love watching. If you're, if you're looking for someone to watch, I would highly recommend going and watching anything Simon Sinek does. Very much. Yes. He tells the same stories in every single speech he gives. And I could probably recite every single one of his stories for, by now because I've watched him so much. But with him, you know what you're getting. And it's always a different piece of that story that he pulls out and relates to his main point. So I think that goes back to your point, you know, have your, your stockpile of stories um, and keep reusing them because you never know what your audience is going to get out of a story a different time you tell it. But highly recommend if you're looking for someone, Simon Sinek, anything and everything he's ever done or any book he's ever written to. Very great recommendation. I love listening to him. He's a wonderful speaker. And I think we can learn a lot from him, not just his ideas, but his presentation mode and style too. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, if people want to get in contact with you, if they've got questions about public speaking, questions about how to tell their story, how can they get in, in touch with you? Uh, there's two ways. I've got a book out. It's called Toast, Short Speeches, Big Impact. You can find it on all of the major e-platforms e out there, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you'd like to find it. But then you can find me at ricespeechwriting.com. That's R-I-C-E and the word speechwriting.com. You can get in touch with me or even download a first chapter of the book there as well. All right. Well, Eddie, thank you so much for joining me today. I took a lot away from this conversation that I'm going to start implementing into my public speaking. And I, I know the listeners will have the same experience. So thank you again so much for joining. Thank you, Sarah, for having me on. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.